preach. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to get all the way through verse 2 tonight, so there's going to be some more. Um, but we've been thinking on this thought of transformed, transformed. And uh, we've saw how that in order to be transformed, you must first be converted. You can't change till you've been saved. I believe that. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm kind of like one old preacher said one time. He said, I've never seen a man quit drinking, but I have seen a few that just changed wells. Amen. And uh, that's exactly right. And I don't believe you can ever do better until you've been saved by the glorious grace of God. So we talked about the we talked about how that you've got to be converted in order to be transformed. Then we talked about consecration. Paul said, "I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that's the cause that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto the Lord." That's laying out on this altar. Then this morning we saw the first part of verse two, where. Paul said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Transformed. We talked a little bit about, and of course we had the potter's wheel here, and talked about the transforming ability of the gospel. Now tonight I want us to continue here in verse number 2. And really as I said this morning, this is the message that I've been wanting to get to. It's great to talk about transformation. Oh, preacher, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better dad. I want to be a better mom. But how do we really do it? How can we do it? How can we transform? How can we change? How can we be made new? Paul tells us here, look at verse 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, watch this, by the renewing, by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. Now, if you don't hear anything else I say in tonight's message, I want you to hear this. You'll never change the way you live until you change the way you think. And I'll say that again because it's important. You'll never change the way you live until you change the way you think. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, we ask tonight, God, that you'd help us in the service time this evening. Lord, we need liberty. We need unction. I need your help. I pray, God, that you'd help us to preach tonight. God, that this could be a service that would be a, a life-changing service for those that would hear the Word of God. Bless us and touch us now as only you can. Do that and be pleased in thy sight. We'll thank you and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. We ask these things through his blood we pray. Amen and amen. I want to talk to you a little bit tonight about the mind. Now, there's something that I need to lay out for you, and, and we'll get to preaching here in just a minute, but I need to lay a little groundwork first. There's something I want you to understand. And what I want you to understand that is this. Scripturally speaking, there is virtually zero difference between the heart and the mind. Now what I mean by that, there's differences, yes. But what I mean by it is they are so closely intertwined that they're almost the same thing. The heart or the heart and the mind are almost the same thing. As a matter of fact, Jesus linked them together in uh, Matthew 22 when he said, 
Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. So the Lord said our relationship with God is both heart, soul, and mind. Sometimes uh, we say things like, well, you need to change your heart, no- your head knowledge for your heart knowledge and all that. That makes good preaching, but I'm not sure exactly how scriptural it is because the heart and the mind are almost always connected. It's in our mind. Our mind is the seat of our affection. Our, and let me put it to you this way. Everything that gets in the mind ends up in the heart. That's how closely intertwined they are. Our mind, our thoughts, the things that come in here, end up in here. And so Paul said, if you want to be changed, if you want to be transformed, you're going to have to start with girding the loins of your mind. The Bible tells us, let's see what the Scripture says. The Bible tells us in Deuteronomy 18 that desire, our desires come from our mind. Deuteronomy 28 tells us that sorrow can come from the mind. 1 Samuel 17, when David wanted to build the house of God, he said that God had put it in his mind, in his mind to build the house of God. 1 Chronicles 28, uh, uh, or Nehemiah 4, tells us that the people had a mind to work. Proverbs 21 speaks of a wicked mind. And in Mark 5, When the the maniac at Gadara got things straightened up, you know what the Bible said about him? The Bible said that he was in his right mind. And so again and again, over 170 times, the Scripture talks about the mind. As a matter of fact, Paul mentions the mind over 50 times in his writings. And it may even be the, the thing that Peter talked about more, that Paul talked about more than any other subject again and again and again uh, he said watch your mind watch your mind uh, watch what you think uh, renew the mind uh, he told them here uh, how to renew the mind he says it again in the book of Ephesians chapter 4 uh, how to redeem their mind and uh, how to, mind, to watch their mind and so again and again uh, we're, we're told to have a renewed mind so I'm ask you tonight what would it take to change the way you think Change the way you think. Change the way that you look at things. I want, us to, I want to talk just a little bit tonight about some different kinds of minds. Can I ask you to do me a favor? Would you seriously consider, seriously consider what kind of mind it is that you have? Amen. Y'all forgetting back there in the sound booth that there ain't no glass. We can hear, if I can hear you up here, they can hear you back yonder. Thank you. Sometimes you just got to call people down. Amen. My wife's back there. It'll be all right. They're trying to learn. I understand. And so there is, uh, can I ask you tonight what kind of mind it is that you have? How do you think about things? Number one, let me ask you about a rebellious mind. There's a lot of people that have rebellion in their minds. Now, let me show you just a few things about this. And I'm getting somewhere. You hang with me tonight. Proverbs 22 tells us that foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. That word foolishness, another word for rebellious, a rebellious mind and rebellion of mind, it means that the default setting of a human being is to be rebellious. 
If you don't believe that, you should have been at the fireworks show last night because we had a bunch of kids running around here and I'd like to have a dollar for every time that I heard several of these parents around here saying, now don't do that, don't do that. Quit doing that. Come here. Don't go around that. Come here. Stop doing that. Don't you go in there. And I did it when I had little kids do. I got big kids now and I'm still doing it at right smart saying, don't go in there. Don't walk over that. Don't touch that. Come here. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'm going to whip you if you do that. I, and then you whip them and you say, don't do that anymore. And what do they do? They blunder right back into it. You know why? Because kids are rebellious at heart. They want to see how far they can push. But before some of you adults say amen too loud, there's some of you that never did grow out of it. Amen. And you want to rebel against God. And you want to rebel against God's word. Rebellion is bound up in our heart. It is our default setting. It's our default setting. We are rebellious in heart. Now there's a few things the Bible says about rebellion. The Bible says, number one, that rebellion is dangerous. Uh, The Bible said there in 1 Samuel that rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Witchcraft was one of the most horrible sins in the Old Testament. And God said rebellion is right up there next to it. When you have a rebellious heart, uh, you've got a a witchcraft heart. Uh, Your heart of rebellion is bad. Uh, People try to uh, sweep it under the rug and and they say, oh, well, I'm just uh, just very independent. And and, uh, I'm just very strong-spirited. Really what it is is you're very rebellious. Amen. And, uh, and rebellion is in your heart and you want to do things the way you want to do things uh, and you don't care what God said about it uh, and you don't care what the preacher says about it uh, and rebellion is bound up in your heart but can I report to you tonight that it's a very dangerous thing uh, my friend the cemetery uh, is laying full of people uh, that push rebellion too far uh, you better know what I'm preaching tonight uh, I, I'm telling you the cemetery is laying full uh, of people that thought they could get in one last drink uh, that they th- thought they could go one one more mile per hour faster uh, that they could rebel against the law uh, that they could rebel against God uh, and now they're pushing up daisies uh, because rebellion is dangerous there's the danger of rebellion let me say this to you there's the disadvantage of rebellion rebellion puts you at this disadvantage watch this a rebellious person don't ever think they that they're wrong <laughs> They always think they're right, no matter what. They'll, they'll believe they're right to the end. And you know why that's a disadvantage? If you never can say in life, you know what, I was wrong right there, then you'll never improve. If you always think you're right and everything you do is right, then you'll never say, hey, I messed that up. I need to do better. And so you're destined to stay where you are as long as you think everything you do is right. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm not asking for you to talk back to me right here, but I want you to think about this. When was the last time that you did something that you thought was wrong? I want you to think about it. When was the last time you did something and you could say to yourself, you know, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that or I messed that up. Some of you are really struggling right now. You're like, preacher, I don't, you know, I'm just, I can't think of anything. I, trust me, you're not that good a person. You have messed up. You have done something wrong. I'll guarantee it. 
And the fact that you struggle to think of it or to remember it is a real good sign that you're rebellious in heart. The sin of the time when the judges lived was the sin of rebellion. Again and again, they rebelled against God. And you know what the Bible said about them in Judges 21? The Bible said in those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. You see, they didn't see anything wrong with anything they did. They thought everything they did was fine. And that was because they were rebellious in heart. So a rebellious mind. Then there is what I would call a ruined mind. What do you mean, preacher? Well, the maniac at Gadara, when he finally got right and got rid of his demon possession, the Bible said that he was put back in his right mind. So that means that demonic activity can ruin our mind. Can I say to you tonight, listen to me, we bombard our minds with ruin. I want to ask you a question. Every now and again on Facebook Messenger, I get that pating, and I'll look at it and it'll say, Is this video you? Question mark. I couldn't believe it. Oh, that, that face, that oh face. And I was so embarrassed. Now I know, because I'm a mature adult, not to click on that. Let me say that again. I know. I've got some of them from y'all over the years. I know not to click on that. Because if I click on that, it opens some malicious, it opens some malicious software and it comes in there and attacks my phone. And then the first thing you know, I have sent that message to everyone in my Facebook Messenger, and I don't have to spend the next four or five days trying to straighten that mess out. I've got a laptop back there in my office. I got virus protection on it, but still I know better than to go through all the emails that I get on my Yahoo email a day and just click on them all and open every link and open everything. You know what it would do? It would allow bad information to come into that computer. And when you put junk in, you get junk out. And all of a sudden, the whole operating system would shut down and slow down because of what I was allowing in, corruption I was allowing in. And can I say this tonight? Your brain's just like a computer. Your 